Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello, and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And this is our podcast where we uh, look at how women are portrayed in movies. Wow. I was trying to think of a fun intro for today, and then all three of us realized that we, none of us had actually read The Scarlet Letter, and so it was impossible to reference it, because <laughs> we never read the book. Nor had I seen the Demi Moore version of it. Mm-hmm. Nor have I, I. Yeah. I kind of want to now. Based on the description that she's like naked in the bathtub and doing a fake British accent. I do love a bad accent in mm-hmm. a movie. It doesn't take me out of it at all. It <laughs> pulls me closer. Sure. <laughs> It gets me right where they want me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that passed the Bechdel test. It did. Which is, if you're not familiar, uh, the media metric that we use as a jumping off point, uh, also called the Bechdel-Wallace test, mm-hmm. and it requires that two female identifying characters speak to each other in the movie that they're in. They should have names, and they should not talk about a man. Yeah. For at least two lines. Which most movies uh, don't. A lot of them just really don't. They don't even try. We've got, I'm excited to talk about the movie today because we've got like a fun mixed bag of of a movie. It's got 2010 (laughs) written all over it. Mm -hmm. It's really having it both ways, this movie. Um, But I'm really excited. It's been like a long time request. We've been getting Mm -hmm. this request for years, ignoring it for some reason. (laughs) And then our wonderful guest uh, was like, how have you not done this movie? And we're like, I don't I don't know why this was a hill we chose to die on for so long. It's a lovely movie. It's, it's, it's a, a fun watch. It's fun. The Tooch is in it. Oh, The Tooch. He's firing on all cylinders. My good. I can't wait to talk about The Tooch. Pen, how do you say his name? Pen Badgley? Badgley? I don't know. Badgley? Badgley? Bad, I don't know. <laughs> He's in that very scary show that I watched all of, even though it makes me feel horrible. Oh, which one? He plays a you. stalker. You. Yeah. Oh. It's every, it's so, it's, I think that that show is like so every 
like over the top problematic stalker trope that I don't even feel anything watching it. Uh-huh. Like it's just so it's all of them at once. Okay. It's I crazy. Probably won't watch it. Yeah, probably don't. Um, we teased our guest, but then we didn't actually introduce <laughs> her. So let's do that now. <laughs> she is a screenwriter, producer. She's the writer of the film Cam on Netflix. She's the, the author of the upcoming memoir, Cam Girl, coming out on November 12th. It's Issa Matai. Yay. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks oh for being gosh. here. Super stoked. We're Cam heads. <laughs> We're so excited you're here. <laughs> And we're talking about Easy A. Yes. 2010 teen comedy? Is that mm-hmm. where we're yeah. sorting this? Sure. Yeah. Emma Stone's first starring vehicle. Mm-hmm. Remember the world before Emma Stone? I barely do. And it's also Amanda Bynes' last. Yeah. And Lelaine is in it for a second. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Wait, who? From Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, Miranda oh, on Lizzie. Yeah. She shows up for one line. Yeah, she doesn't even have a name in the movie. Like her credit is just yeah. girl on street or something. Okay. Yeah. That I forgot about that, but it's every like I checked Lilane's IMDB maybe let's say once a year. It occurs to me to just check in. <laughs> and I always see that credit. I'm like, what was that? And now I know. Okay. Very good. She shines. She does. Lisa Kudrow's in this movie. Oh, yes, she is. In, I think, a role that we'll get to, but it reminded me a lot of the Jessica Williams role in Booksmart. Oh, sure. The way that it plays out and how much I uh, didn't care for it. Mm -hmm. There you go. Amanda Bynes is basically playing the same character that Mandy Moore does in in Saved. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I I love Amanda Bynes to the end of the earth, but the Mandy Moore character is way better. Oh, sure. Um, I need to rewatch Saved, but. It's a wild one. Saved in a long time. It's a wild one. That would be an interesting one. We've gotten requests. Yeah, man. We've just, we every of the requests. Literally. (laughs) Well, the thing is, we... We just stop ignoring people. (laughs) It's not that we're ignoring people. It's that we've gotten requests for probably every movie ever made. We've gotten thousands upon thousands of requests. I feel like sometimes we're so cool and popular. My aunt made a short film 15 years ago. And while it doesn't have much of a cult following, I think there's a lot to discuss. You're like, well, we'll get there. This podcast is going to go on for 500 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True. We'll get there. Uh, So, Issa, what's your history relationship with the movie Easy A? Um, It's hard to say. You Mm. know, I don't, like, remember the first time I saw it. Sure. Um, I know we had it on DVD. And I remember it was a movie that, like, my sister and I watched over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. um, both because we liked it, but also because it was like one of the last DVDs that we bought that we had, you know, yeah. that like it was right at kind of the end of like buying DVDs. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I just I remembered really, really relating to Emma Stone in it like a lot. So, yeah. So that's kind of like been my relationship with it. It's been a movie that I've like revisited a lot, mm-hmm. I would say, cool. since it came out. Great. Yeah. Jamie, what about you? Uh, I remember seeing this movie in theaters. It came out when I was like, it like my senior year in high school. Um, and so I like went to see it with all my friends and we were, I don't know, like we loved it. We were really hyped on Emma Stone. And I think in some ways, like it, it felt like pretty different to most of the teen comedies that you see. And Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. I've seen it maybe four or five times before this, but never was thinking about it as hard as I was this past time. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I think that this is like one of my favorite Stanley Tucci roles. Oh, my goodness. And Patricia Clarkson is great. That's mm-hmm. the mother, right? Yeah. She's hilarious. She's so good. Yeah. yeah. I And I forgot Ali. Oh, this is really the most 2010 movie of all time. <laughs> Ali Machalka of Ali yeah, and AJ. AJ. Oh. This is the potential breakup song. Okay. Oh. Wait, what character does she play? And they have a song, too, Church church something like that it's oh, really good do they they just released a song that i heard and i had no idea it was them and it's actually incredible oh, that's awesome yeah <laughs> wait what character does she play she plays rhiannon the best oh friend. yeah yeah that's of aj yeah oh, goodness yeah so it is the most 2010 movie of all time and uh for that i have no choice but to i mean class of 2010 you gotta love it my goodness. What's your history with it? I saw it. It came out when I was, I guess, like probably 24. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily like the target demo, mm-hmm. uh, having aged out of being a teenager brag. Right. But, <laughs> but um, I liked it. I remember thinking like the jokes were pretty funny. The dialogue was like quippy. And I enjoyed it. But I think I only had seen it that one time. And then revisiting it this time, I was like, oh, okay, you, you tried to do something. And then you only got part of the way there. And then you made a bunch of missteps. Movie. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm psyched. <laughs> um, should I just dive into the uh, recap? Yeah. Okay. And Isa, you can interrupt the recap whenever you want. It's the best part. <laughs> Every word. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> So the story is told partly via our main character's video blog or vlog, as the kids are calling it these days. I love how prototypical it is in this movie where she's like, you have to go to freeolive.com. There's a live stream (laughs) happening there. It won't be saved. (laughs) That's 6 p.m. sharp. Miss it. (laughs) It was so, it was great. And what she's doing in this vlog is recounting the events of the movie. So we meet all of Pendergast. Uh, that's Emma Stone's character. Mm-hmm. She starts out your average invisible teen girl about to graduate from high school in Oh, but wait, Caitlin, she's not like the other girls. She's not like the yeah. other girls. Um, yeah, in Ojai. Yes, California. Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, probably not. Ojai is a weird place. I've never been. Have you? I feel like they didn't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been. My writing partner is from Ojai, and it's oh. like very like mine. And and all you Ojai heads, dive into my mentions if I'm getting this completely wrong. But uh, there's a huge uh, class disparity where it's like the surfer class, and then just insanely wealthy people. Oh, interesting. And so there's a, and there's a lot of camps there. Oh, sure. It's like on the totally edge of no like a huge there. national park, I think, yeah. or state park. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, yeah. fun place. My my writing partner's dad is in a surf cult in Ojai. Oh, that's the guy who's in a surf cult. The barbecue surfers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, re- I remember this from our Point Break episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I'll shut up about the barbecue <laughs> surfers. We've rehashed this before. No, it's quite all right. <laughs> So they're in Ojai, California, and Olive, yeah, she's, you know, not like the other girls. She's invisible. And to avoid going camping with her best friend, Rhiannon, and her weird family, Mm -hmm. she lies and says that she has a date that weekend with this guy named George, who we know she just made up. Mm -hmm. Um, And Rhiannon becomes convinced that 
Olive lost her virginity with this guy. But she, instead she was doing that really funny Natasha Bedingfield yeah. bit that I love. I got a pocket full of sunshine. I still laugh at <laughs> it. Playing it from a greeting card. Yes. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Great montage. Uh, Emma Stone's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I like, yeah. I fluctuate on her so much, but she's amazing in this movie. I tend to agree. She's great. Yeah. yeah. And so Rhiannon thinks this about Olive, and for some reason, Olive, for reasons that she says she doesn't even understand, she's like, yes, that did happen. I did have sex with him, which is overheard in the bathroom by Marianne Bryant. That's the Amanda Bynes character. She's like the like holier-than-thou, religious extremist, like goody-two-shoes type. Yeah, she's very like oppressively religious mm-hmm. stereotype. Yeah. Right. And she starts spreading rumors all over school about Olive having sex. And then suddenly everyone is paying attention to Olive because they think that she has sex. And she tries to tell Marianne that she was just lying about having done that, but it doesn't work. But also, like, Olive admits that she's, like, kind of enjoying the attention she's getting for the Mm -hmm. first time. uh, Because before this, she was invisible. And then during an English class discussion about the Scarlet Letter, uh, Marianne Thomas Hayden Church, cool guy teacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the adults in this movie are maybe too cool, but we can talk about that later. Mm, yeah. Unrealistic adult portrayal. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, because as an adult right now, I am extremely uncool. I've never. I also, there were a few times, I mean, and it's like a teen movie, so it's like, who cares? But there were a few times where Thomas Hayden Church was doing something dorky that was being very well received in class. I'm like, you would have been annihilated. <laughs> At Brockton High School, sir. Where he's like, let me rap about... Just kidding, guys. I'm like, you would have been yeah. on the floor. Like, you would have been... Just... People won't stand for that. Sure. Teens will not stand for teachers rapping. They mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then in, in uh, during class, Marion's friend calls Olive a skank. And Olive responds by calling her a twat. And it gets her sent to the principal's office. And then she gets detention with this kid, Brandon who is being bullied for being gay. And then they talk about the idea of like standing out and blending in. And based on an idea that Olive gives him, Brandon decides to pretend to be straight, at least until like they all graduate and leave this town. Yeah. And he convinces her to help him make people think that the two of them have sex. Mm. And she's like, okay, fine. There's a party tomorrow night. Let's go and pretend to have sex at this party. Uh, And then, like, everyone will overhear and they'll think you're a stud. And they do just that. Another funny scene. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jumping on the bed and screaming. Right. The premise is flawed, but the scene, (laughs) the payoff is funny. Sure, sure. And then afterwards, everyone does think that Brandon is a stud, but then they're looking at Olive and they're like, except for Todd the pen badly he's not like the other boys he's the mascot he's the mascot (laughs) she's had a crush on him since she was in eighth grade they almost kissed Mm -hmm. back then but then they didn't because he wasn't ready to kiss yet and they're friendly and they chat and then also maybe he even likes her (gasps) question mark pen badly Pen- he was on Gossip Girl, right? I never watched that show. I don't know either. I just... think he was. Thank you. Okay. I think so. I Which is funny because they she references good. that show in yes. this movie. Yeah. Do you think Penn's in the audience like, oh, so- <laughs> Hollywood's crazy. <laughs> I do think that. I yeah. bet he's like that all the time. 
So then she receives a gift card from Brandon. Which one does she? I was trying to keep track of who gives her what gift card because that Target. was compelling to me. Okay. Target. Yeah. $100, I think, Target gift card. And, and he gives her a vibrator. vibrator. Yeah. Right. He gives her a vibrator, which is, you know, good looking out. Sure. In high school, though? Like, I don't right. know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, is there a sex shop in Ojai, or did he have to drive oh. down to Los Angeles? I'll have to so I guess that means they're this. seniors in high school, right? Yeah, like, they, they are. Have yeah. To, oh, they, okay. they are. They are confirm they? that. Well, because she gets the, the Natasha Bedingfield card that she gets is a graduation card. It's uh, like, congratulations. Oh, right, with like five bucks in it. Yeah, from her grandma. From her grandma. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Right. So she hears from Rhiannon that everyone thinks that Olive is a dirty skank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get in a big fight about it. And then Olive decides to double down on this, quote, dirty skank image. So there's a sewing montage because women be sewing. <laughs> and then she shows up to school in this very sultry outfit with a big red A uh, sewed right. onto her top. And we're like, what a dork. <laughs> She's making a literary reference in her outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she gets approached by this kid, Evan, who knows the truth about what happened with Brandon. And he offers all of another $100 gift card to also spread rumors about them doing sex stuff. And Which turns out to be from AutoZone. I think no, it's later that, confirmed. He offers her a different one, but then when she confronts him later about it, she's like, it was from AutoZone, AutoZone. and I don't even have a car. it was AutoZone, you're right. I don't know, I was paying so close attention to this. Well, the gift cards were funny because they were all like, there was like the Home Depot, there was AutoZone. (laughs) It was like, you're like, what is in this for Amazon? (laughs) One was like a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. Yeah. 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 Not a great negotiator. Mm -mm. And she eventually agrees to this. And then she starts doing it for several other boys in her school as well. And then the rumor that Olive solicits sex for money also starts spreading rapidly throughout the school. And then things take a turn when she learns that one of her classmates, Micah, which is uh, Marianne Bryant's boyfriend. Right got chlamydia from the guidance counselor, Mrs. Griffith, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Thomas Hayden Church's his, his wife. wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Olive agrees to take the fall for it, saying that she's the one who gave Micah chlamydia so that Mrs. Griffith doesn't get fired right. uh, for having sex with a student. And then people are protesting Olive, led by Marianne Bryant, and they're trying to get her expelled. Rhiannon joins in for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. can't wait to betrayal. talk about that. Yeah, 180. Allie <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's you? good. It's because Olive goes on the date with the guy that oh. she likes. Right, okay. But I think she turns on her way before that, though. Does she? But then well, she I know they kind of fight, but I feel like she joins the Amanda Bynes path. After, after that. the yeah. lobster yeah. date. Yeah, that's oh, like the... Pick up on that. Mm-hmm. I think. That makes sense. Like, yeah. And then, meanwhile, Todd, the woodchuck boy... Pen, Pen Badgley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is... Uh, he keeps popping up, and then she's trying to figure out if she should come clean about everything. And then this guy, Anson, asks her out on a date. And it turns out that he just went out with her so that he could say that they had sex. And he tries to give her the $200 Home Depot gift card. And then he tries to kiss her. She has to fight him off. And then Todd shows up right then, and he gives her a ride home. And he's like, I think you're great. And maybe I can, like, I don't know, help you out with this whole thing. 
And because all the guys that she had helped previously refused to come clean about the whole situation, Mm -hmm. she decides to do this vlog that we've been watching to tell her side of the story, which she prefaces by performing a musical number at a school pep rally. 2010. Because I guess she wishes that her life was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. One of the more in... annoying aspects of the movie it, yes. for, for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do like in retrospect, like watching that scene like almost 10 years later and being like, oh, for sure that like everyone on set was like, this scene is going to be poof, iconic. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not remember it. Did not remember no, this movie five times. Same, I did not. Every time I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> This is going to be in a montage at the Oscars. (laughs) And then she rides off with Todd on a lawnmower and then they kiss. And then that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Kaylee, you know what I was really impressed by in Easy A? What? what, what? I really loved and respected the marriage between Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson's characters. It seemed very healthy. It seemed very functional. They had fun. Mm -hmm. They were just having fun at the house. You know what I bet they used? What? When they were planning. Tell me. Their functional marriage. (laughs) There's something that comes before a functional marriage and it's a wedding. For many people. For For a lot of people. Yeah. I would say it's common. Yes. And Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. Do you see where I'm going with this? I do see. To make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. Zola combines compassionate customer service with modern tools and technologies, all in the service, wait for it, of love. (gasps) I know. You love to see it. Well, let me tell you more about Zola. Okay. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with... Mm -hmm. You love weddings. I... I'm famous for loving weddings. You can make a free wedding website with mm-hmm. Zola. It has the easiest wedding registry and affordable wedding invitation options and more. Oh, wow. Uh, you can also conveniently manage everything online in one place, which saves couples so much time. You can start with a free wedding website. It is so easy and it takes just minutes to set up and customize. Then set up your registry, which is fun and easy to do. And Zola is the only place where you can register for for honeymoon funds because vacations be expensive and gift cards along with physical gifts as we call them amazing yeah couples and guests alike just simply love oh i get it love they they, they love Mm -hmm. the free shipping smart returns Mm -hmm. price matching group gifting and more 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 plus the best completion discount around 20% 20% off for six months after your wedding day, and you can use it as much as you want. Neat. You know what? I, you may not know this about me, but I'm nowhere close to having a wedding or a relationship at all. But guess what? I went onto the website and started setting up a registry for myself. I was pretending, Jamie, like you and I were getting married. Oh, okay. What are we getting? So much good stuff because the site is super easy to use Mm -hmm. and like search for gifts. You add them to the registry and now uh, we have all this stuff in our registry for a wedding that I don't know, maybe we'll have. That'd be kind of fun. We should just get married. We should just get married. Just because. Build your free wedding website on Zola and get $50 towards your registry. Go to Zola.com slash TBC and get started today. That's $50 towards your registry by going to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash TBC. And there's no easier A than that. Wow. Oh. (laughs) 
where to where to begin with this? There's a lot of uh, there, there's a there's a lot. Well, I here's my initial thoughts. Right. So the movie. Yes. Does, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for giving me this platform. Take up space. <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time. Thank you. Um, this movie does some things right, which are progressive and feminist, uh, and then it does a lot of things that are very wrong. Because one of the themes of the movie, it, like the the core message, let's say, is the double standard of sexually active men being considered studs and sexually active women being considered sluts. And the movie draws attention to that, calls it out, and we're like, woo, yay! But the movie only goes so far with that message because it, it ends up like demonizing the idea of women having a lot of sex and having multiple sexual partners through various lines of dialogue and different attitudes that characters have, mm. etc. My main thing with this movie that, well, there was, first of all, like, in most respects, like, I thought, especially when I first saw the movie, I thought Emma Stone's character was, like, the fucking coolest person in the world. Mm. I was like, I wish I were more like this character. She is so cool. But most of the other women, outside of her mom, who is, like, I feel like pretty positive and supportive, Mm -hmm. but, like, all the other female characters in this story are, are, like vicious and tropey mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and you get some shades of gray like with you get a little bit with the Rhiannon character you don't really get that much with the Marianne character but it's it's like this weird I don't know it just felt a little off to me the way that she is basically like it seems like the movie has decided like well women will turn on each other and call each other sluts and this is the main problem you mm-hmm. know what I mean and whereas mm-hmm. I feel like kind of the guys end up looking a little more goofy rather than very much a part of it sure yeah. Does that make sense? and even the mom is kind of like slut shamey like when they have mm-hmm. that conversation on the yeah. car her mom is like you know I used to sleep with a ton of people and it was because I had really low self-esteem and yes. then I met your dad and now I'm like fine and so mm-hmm. even her mom like as uh-huh. supportive as she is she's still slut shaming right yeah absolutely so, yeah Every, it's like every female, I mean, everyone in this movie is slut shaming and that's part of the point, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like the female characters, especially at that high school were so incredibly vicious. The Lisa Kudrow character is totally sold out and like literally is called like an evil person. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie wouldn't have treated its main character the same way if she had had sex. Like the that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there's no. I, I feel like the implication is, well, she's a redeemable. Like I like the end message of the movie. Like no matter what, it's no one's fucking business. Right. But that's not really what the movie was saying the whole time because because she was a virgin the whole time. Uh-huh. You don't need to really question what you're supposed to be right i think right. if that character was actually having a lot of sex with multiple partners i don't think that is not what happened in the movie because i think the movie really comes down against that type of behavior yeah for example so the romantic storyline with todd which there's parts of it i like and parts of it i don't like the part that i don't like is when they're like in the car he's giving her a ride home and she's like, well, haven't you heard all these rumors about me? And he's like, yeah, I've heard them, but I don't believe them, which implies that he still likes her because he doesn't think she's been sleeping with a bunch of different right. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. implying that if he thought she was sleeping with a bunch mm-hmm. of different people, he, he would not like, like her. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like all these. And it's weird because I definitely 
I don't know. I, I definitely did not pick up on this when I first watched the movie. Oh, but yeah, it is neither. like it's all these little exchanges and lines that the subtext is like, well, because this is a lie, that's the only reason that this is okay. If right. she were telling the truth, she's irredeemable and bad. And then, it, you know, so even at the end, she says that line where well, she's on her vlog.com <laughs> and she's like, you know, how shitty it feels to be an outcast, warranted or not. And you're like, what is the warranted or uh-huh. not part? Oh, I didn't even catch that. It's just like a yeah. little line that you're like, okay, I like that's the values yeah. of this movie aren't really what they're advertising. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And then a few other lines, like the one that you said, Isa, about like yeah. her mom being like, yeah, I slept around because I had no self-worth right. back then. Yeah. And then like Lisa Kudrow has a line that says, oh my God, um, that character's a fucking <laughs> disaster oh, where is it it's yeah. something like oh a she, real whore can't admit it to herself trust me much You're less like, others trust yeah. me yeah well the what's confusing is that there are some characters who are slut shaming and they're framed as being bad and wrong like the amanda Bynes character and like her whole friend group mm-hmm. But then the movie turns around and then like... I interpreted that to be like... Again, it's just like a this movie was written by a queer writer, but a queer male writer, mm-hmm. um, who I guess like he, he went on... You know, he did interviews around this movie and said that the character Brandon was based on his experience in high school. Oh, of, of interesting. Closet. Yeah, like it, it does give you some good subtext, but it does it does seem like the like decision being made by like the writer, director, whomever else is that teen girls are so fickle and will turn on you for absolutely no reason and will 180 and I mean I think you almost see that in Rhiannon's character a oh, little absolutely. bit or at the beginning yeah. she's like you have to be a slut and then when Emma Stone's character is like okay and then she's like I hate you you're horrible like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like not it's yeah. hard to trace right, her logic. Like yeah. she start Rhiannon starts out by talking openly about sex. She like screams the word climax in front of their teacher. Right. Like she's so excited when she thinks that Olive has had sex for the first time. She's like, Oh, you've joined the super slut club with me. Right. And then as soon as Olive starts to get this reputation for reasons that I don't understand, she's like, well, everyone thinks you're a dirty skank and so do I. And it's like, well, which is it? Like, are you excited about like your friend's sexuality or, and then I think what happened, it's like the writer needed to like heighten the conflict for Olive. So it's like, let's put her in conflict with her best friend. How do I do that? Make her completely change everything about the character that I've established. Like it just doesn't. But see, I actually for me. disagree a little okay. bit because mm-hmm. I think my experience in high school was actually I knew girls that were very similar to that, and I think maybe to give the writer too much credit, but I <laughs> I almost feel like it's pointing a finger at the fact that this kind of like the toxic ideas that we hold around virginity and chastity with women Mm -hmm. kind of necessarily pit women against each other in this almost like who's a virgin, who's not a virgin, who's sluttier, who's not sluttier. Mm -hmm. And like I remember there was a girl in my high school who like used to lord her virginity over other people. Mm -hmm. But then it it turned out that she was like having anal sex the whole time. But like her virginity was intact. And so it was like always this. And then as soon as people found that out, then all of a sudden, and she was slutty and horrible mm-hmm. and then others were good and like even girls I knew who were like really proud of being you know slutty there was always like a like a limit and then mm-hmm. if you went past that limit then you were bad right. and I feel like this like hierarchy of sluttery <laughs> is actually 
is 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 really at least true to my high school experience. I don't know if it's true to, to everyone's think of it, high school yeah, experience. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a bit of that in my high school as well. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like maybe Rhiannon is like comfortable with like up to a certain point. Sure. It does. Yeah. She does. She, and then she does. She does celebrate it until the point where like Emma Stone stops telling her about it. That's true. And then right. she's like, "Why it's aren't more you of telling like a betrayal me I'm your best friend?" Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then she, and then when it gets to be her crush, it's. I mean, honestly, I would join the picket line as well. <laughs> you don't go on a date with your best friend's crush; it's the rule. Mm-hmm. No, and it's super weird that Emma Stone only gets upset that they might get seen. She's right. like, she's like, I don't want them to, I don't want her to see us. But it's yeah. like, but you still went. See, like, I would, still. <laughs> I would argue. I wish that we knew more about Rhiannon in general because I agree with what you're saying, and I, th- I think that like that is like an interesting thing to explore but it's but we don't really know that much about her so it was like hard for me to glean like we don't really know much about like what her sexual history is because I feel like this whole movie is kind of hinged around like you know exaggeration of what your sexual experience is for social acceptance clout whatever Mm -hmm. and we don't really know if Rhiannon is you know telling the truth is she exaggerating we don't really know true Um, yeah that's true she's not given a lot of backstory no which is a bummer I feel like there's there's space for that. And from the very beginning, I was like, Emma Stone's not a very good friend to her because she's just like, she she lies about, well, I mean, she she lies to get out of that trip. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. Emma Stone, at times I like understood her motivations and other times I was like, you're just like f- fucking yourself over. I think you know? they're both not good friends to each other. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. really true. Which is a lot of high school friendships. Like mm-hmm. that, that tracks. <laughs> Yeah, although they're supposed to be like best friends, I feel like since is like, how they're yeah yeah since like forever, right? Rhiannon that was, was like her their... desktop image. That's yeah. like <laughs> serious friendship. Serious but I also, <laughs> I mean, and I think this is pretty standard for like teen movies. But I don't think the complications that come with many teen best friendships, it, like the portrayal of it in this movie and in most teen movies, is not very nuanced. Yeah, so. I think <laughs> it's it's like it was clear to me just like based on how their friendship was written. I was like, I don't think a woman wrote this movie, and then I checked. I was like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they did not. Yeah. Um, because there is there are like it feels like some kernels of like authenticity, and I like to see like you know female characters in conflict with each other and like both kind of being assholes in different ways like that's great but mm-hmm. it just sometimes it was a little bit uncanny valley to track sure in mm-hmm. this one yeah. sure 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 i wanted to touch a little bit more on the romantic storyline with olive and todd and badgley, badgley. yes, yes. <laughs> um, I kept forgetting he was in the movie, and then he would show up again. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that this is, you know, we care about this. Right. Yeah, he also yeah. wasn't given a lot of a story. No, just no. Like, he was just kind of there. Right. The little backstory we do get about him is that Olive and him played Seven Minutes in Heaven when they were in eighth grade. So they go into this room, and he's like, oh, actually, I'm not ready to kiss yet. Uh, could we just tell everyone that we kissed? And she's like... Sure. And then I liked that, you know, you see like a young boy who's like not ready to kiss because there's like so much pressure Mm -hmm. on boys starting at a very young age to like be sexually active uh, and to like start as soon as possible. So I was like, oh, that's that's nice. Because like the idea of like a boy not being ready yet, there's an idea that there's no such thing as that. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course there is. So and it's very damaging. And yeah, I liked that moment. I liked Mm -hmm. that the little boy Mm -hmm. was 
able to be not ready for something and that was like yeah. treated very respectfully yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. like an emasculation thing it was right. just like yeah. Oh. yeah and then so like olive goes on that date with anson uh, he tries to surprise kiss her several times. That's framed as being wrong, unwanted, assaulty. Right. Then by contrast, she gets in the car with Todd and he's been framed as being this like viable romantic option for Olive. Woodchuck Todd. Baby. Woodchuck Todd. Mm-hmm. And then he asks permission to kiss her. She says no. Mm-hmm. And then he's like visibly disappointed but then he apologizes he's like oh i'm so sorry mm-hmm. and she's like no i just mean like i don't want to kiss you right now but i do want to french you some other time yeah. so just the fact that we see like a boy asking for permission to kiss yeah. a woman yeah appreciate like, that taking the no yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yes. yeah he didn't really push it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that was like oh cool that was a yeah I, I i liked that scene too but then there was like that weird i mean it's just such a mixed bag that's very mixed <laughs> where he's like well i want to kiss you because you because you've because never you, had sex because you're intact yeah, yeah. she you're even pure. asks that she's like yeah. why are you interested in me all of a sudden yeah. and then he's given this line which is just kind of a non answer he's like i don't know right and we're all like do you though because like you know she's been around this whole time but all of a sudden now you're in love with her i guess but don't we see her like kind of trying to talk to her before like the rumors start does that happen i can't totally remember Um, we see them like we see like they're kind of flirty yeah yeah they have like they have like a moment i guess yeah but he does like explicitly state Mm -hmm. like oh well i don't believe those rumors which is why i still have a crush on you right right yeah which is Mm. gosh (laughs) <laughs> so yeah I don't, I don't know and and there i mean this is sort of this like harkens back to like i feel like a million episodes we've done at this point but the whole like obsession with 80s movies i've found to be oh. so annoying <laughs> right they're uh, just like a montage of movies that we've already fucking like what is the dog that gets shot it's not lassie old yeller old yeller yeah we've already old yellered these movies and <laughs> Emma Stone's out here like, I just wish there were more Judd Nelson. You're like, no. She's like, I love John Hughes. Mm -hmm. I love John. And then it literally ends with the John Hughes, with the speakers on the fist pumping and the lawnmower. And it's like, remember how those movies are like shoving two of them together. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole thing. Took a lot out of me, that part. (laughs) She like cites these very problematic like rapey movies right. like 16 candles and breakfast club and it's like oh this is what you're aspiring to well which is again i mean it's very 2010 and it's also like another kind of like little missed opportunity for like it's not even it's like not uncommon for people to be like oh i wish my life were like this movie that happened before yeah. i was born mm-hmm. but then it just doesn't challenge or examine anything of like oh maybe that shouldn't be what yeah. I'm and then she just gets it but I feel yeah. like often that's all we remember about those movies right it's right. like you just remember like the iconic moment where you're like overcome with love and emotion and you're like oh it's so beautiful and then you go mm-hmm. back and actually watch it and you're like oh wait oh this but- is a disaster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> disaster uh so that I mean yeah in general the uh there there were parts of the Olive Todd romantics. It was. It's not the worst teen comedy relationship by mm-hmm. a long shot. Sure, there's definitely uh, room for improvement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's this whole movie for me. <laughs> it's like we are yeah. on the right track. I can, I can but feel it. Just it doesn't quite 
go the whole way. Can we talk about the Lisa Kudrow character? That oh, was so God, frustrating. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was so, and it did remind me a lot of like a very similar storyline and failing of the uh, Jessica Williams character in Booksmart mm-hmm. this year, where it's like, oh, they want to have. I think something that would have been done in the 80s without making it clear what the age, you know, sure. consent is. But they're just trying to update that, you know, like tropey storyline of like the teacher and the student hooking up. But they're legal, so it's okay. But right. it's still not good. And mm-hmm. ugh, like, yeah, Lisa Kutcher is made out to be such an evil shrew from moment one. Like it just, mm, it sucked. Right. She's it like, sucked. the first thing we hear her say, I think, is... um I'm the guidance counselor. I should know who all my students are, especially the ones who dress like prostitutes. Right. And it's yeah. Like, oh. I'm supposed to be like, tee hee. And then she just kind of like shoves condoms at her. She's like, I'm yeah. always here to support you and listen to you. And then, but, and Emma Stone is legitimately trying to talk to her. And like, she's like, I right. want to tell you what's going on because uh-huh. it's terrible and I'm really upset. And she's just kind of like, here, take the condoms, get out of my office. Right. And then there's yeah. that scene, their last scene together, which is like so egregious. And you're like, oh, I hope Lisa Kudrow got paid a lot of money to say this. Uh, <laughs> but that whole scene where this is during sort of the like series of scenes where Emma Stone is going back to the people she's agreed to lie for and say, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So she gets Lisa Kudrow and uh, Lisa Kudrow's like, who are people going to believe? They're not going to believe you. They're going to uh, believe me. Yeah. You're like, ooh, right. boy. Brutal. This is so, yeah, that was like a brutal, just, I mean, there's really nothing to sell out with this character because she's presented as unsympathetic. Like, it. I, I feel like that's like the best example in this movie of how the movie really feels about women having mm-hmm. sex is mm-hmm. they like... And then her husband is, like, perfect. Exactly. Like, yeah. he does nothing wrong. He's like, the students love him. Everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. He's devastated. She, like, Emma Stone apologizes to him on her web blog. That's yeah. what really especially drove me crazy about this, yeah. too, is that, like, Olive takes responsibility for being a homewrecker. And she's like, oh, yeah. man, I shouldn't have told him. I feel I regret telling him. And it's like, you didn't do anything. Thing like right. it was these two other parties of yeah. Mrs. Griffith and then this Micah kid who ruined that marriage, not you. And, and the Micah character, <laughs> by extension, too, it was like even there was like a little something in that character we barely see, right? But the only reason that he, you know, says, Oh, I had sex with Olive Pendergast and she gave me chlamydia was because his like shrewy mom character was like tell me what happened yeah, she was like literally hitting him yeah. in the yeah. hospital yeah yeah and, like in his hospital bed <laughs> so like even that like little moment finds a way to like push the blame off on a female character we barely know like, yeah. he wouldn't have just done it his mom was whacking him at the hospital right and yeah. then yeah so it's just like all these little you're just like ah oh, come on we I don't know. And and just the, I, I don't know, it, was it made clear? I, I was having trouble figuring out, was it implied that Lisa Kudrow's character had given Micah chlamydia? What was the, Yes, I was. believe that is the case. I think that's right. what Olive said when she like yelled it at the teacher. Mm-hmm. She was like, your wife gave 
a student chlamydia and right. well then also yeah. the Micah kid when he's like talking on the phone to the person who we, we don't know learn. who it is yet yeah. and he's <gasps> like I don't care that you gave me chlamydia I still love oh, you yeah. right. and then it cuts to Lisa Kudrow which is just yeah. a total fumble of like handling the storyline with a character who has a sexually transmitted disease it like plays it off as a joke and mm-hmm. it also yeah. serves to make Lisa Kudrow's character I think the movie intends to like by giving her Media, that's like a slut shaming like thing For that sure. the movie mm-hmm. is doing because she is supposed to make her less sympathetic right because she w- she didn't get it from micah micah got it from her as as far as we understand yeah she might have gotten it from her husband mr griffith the person that we all are supposed to love right but i don't probably not that I don't right think so i guess she got hard. it from yeah. someone else yeah so it's like yeah. you get punished for be for having multiple sexual partners and then it don't also cheat on bothered me church. yeah exactly <laughs> it also bothered me how like later like micah was exiled to like his grandparents house in florida or whatever mm-hmm. and he's still like scratching his crotch like like yeah. as if chlamydia you can't just get rid of it There's you know it's like, oh, it's enduring right. forever. He's now tarnished and it's gross. And I was just like, that's not. Mm-hmm. It's no. just like it's like <laughs> the writer either was making a joke of it or had just not even done a light Google of <laughs> like, what that which sucks because it's like STDs, STIs, whichever uh, are like so stigmatized mm-hmm. and played as a like thoughtless joke in so many. I think in like this genre is like probably one of the more casual offenders of yeah just sure. like playing it off and and it you know it's uh it's not helpful to anyone yeah no and he gets i mean yeah if you ha- if you have chlamydia you don't have to move to florida that's just what <laughs> no. i want everyone to know <laughs> just like it's okay you won't be exiled right. no, you, you can don't get an antibiotic <laughs> and it you clears literally up. just move on with your life it's yeah. <laughs> a miracle uh we got to take another quick break but then we'll come right back Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Can we talk about men? 
<laughs> wow, Jamie. Uh, not to get controversial on the pod, okay. but how could you? Uh, uh, yes, please go on. I want to talk a little bit about how boys or men, I don't, I th- they're supposed to be boys, but everyone's visibly 25. Sure. But, you know, how the boys who ask Olive to lie for them are portrayed yes. in the movie. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was like something that I had to go back and like rewatch, especially that scene with the Evan. Evan. Where we do see uh, at every step of the way, starting with Brandon, Olive has to be convinced. I, I would almost throw the word coerced out there in mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. cases of to do it in the first place. Sure. Where she starts out with the very like... 2010 high schooler thoughtless idea of like oh well you don't want people to make fun of you because you're gay just tell them you're straight right you're like yeah. okay that's okay, okay. okay. That's, yeah <laughs> but then it's like that I mean the writer is pulling from his own experience from that so I'm mm-hmm. like okay uh if that is what's happening but then he you know I feel like the reason that it is okay for them to do that is because they are quote-unquote bullied and so it makes it okay for them to ask this unreasonable favor mm-hmm. of Olive and like I, I thought that the Evan scene stuck out to me the most Same. as you know because he asks her will you do this for me mm-hmm. she says no mm-hmm. fuck you and then he says yeah I mean of course you're saying no I'm such a loser. I suck. But before that, but before though, that, yeah. he says, I'll pay you $100. Also, I don't need your permission. Yeah, he yes. threatens yeah. her yes. first. Which means, like, I'm going to take yeah. advantage of your reputation and exploit mm-hmm. it for my own personal gain. Whether and I'm going like to do it, it whether you like it or not. Yeah. And she's furious with him, rightfully so. And then he does the but 180. But then he guilts her and yeah. says, thing, um, oh, I'm just a, you know, he calls himself a fat piece of shit. And then she takes pity on him. And then she, and I feel like the movie, they're like, oh, well, of course she would. You know, like, it's yeah. just, she has every right to be like, no, like, sort this out on your own. Right. Like, go, you know, go talk to Lisa Kudrow. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then just, you know, tell him to, but, but she's kind of repeatedly guilted yeah. by these outcast misfit guys. And it, it sort of i mean because this movie talks so much about 80s tropes it feels like almost a like a john hughes nerd character that is Ooh, like yeah. toxic, like the anthony toxic, michael toxic. hall kind of character right those movies yeah. who is like i feel entitled to this and because i can't have it you know you have to do this for me mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of like coercion narrative which sucks because again it's like it's a there there is the opportunity here for those themes to be like explored a little more thoughtfully and it's mm-hmm. it, the thing that always bugs me is I was like there's like it would be funnier too if she was like pushing back on this stuff instead of just folding or like negotiating for herself like that's the thing that irritated me too because there's Mm -hmm. this moment where she's like all right this is happening I'm just gonna own it and I'll just do it Mm -hmm. but then yeah like we said she's getting like 20% off to the body shop and like you know an (laughs) auto zone gift card or whatever and like stuff that she can't actually use and I really wanted her to like build an empire and be like actually you know I want $500 to the store that I actually shop at Mm -hmm. right because in that scene with Evan she's like okay, I want a hundred dollar gift card in my she locker, wants to go to the gap, and because it's oh, yeah, 2010. The gap. <laughs> the gap. <laughs> and she says, um, 
but we didn't have sex. Uh, you can tell people that you like fondled my chest. And he's like, a uh, hundred bucks is pretty steep for that. Can't you say that like you rubbed my like pants and I touched your butt and stuff like that? Right. And she's just like, whatever. And it, maybe it's commentary on how like girls and women are never taught to negotiate. Who knows? It's not. Probably not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. <laughs> well, that then kind of brings up the conversation of sex work Mm -hmm. and is this character could she be considered a sex worker yeah I mean I think so Mm. like I think a lot of sex work doesn't have to be literal sex and a lot of it is not a lot of it isn't (laughs) and a lot of it is like caretaking and even helping with image and helping Mm -hmm. with public persona and all of that is a huge element of sex work yeah so I think, yeah, there's definitely sex work in this movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. But then the movie also, like, shames sex work and sex workers at different points. Yeah. Right. Like, it calls her, says she dresses like a prostitute, mm-hmm. or she looks like a stripper, but don't worry, a high-class high stripper. stripper. Yeah, like, for Lange. governors. I think her dad says that. Mm-hmm. Tooch. Yeah. Tooch says it. Disappointing. Yep. I know. And then yeah. there's a moment where she is talking to the Anson guy, and she's like, I'm not actually having sex with people for money, with, like, this, like, tone of disgust in her voice. Yeah. It's just, like, another way that this movie is trying to have it very much both ways, mm-hmm. where they will, like, go all the way up to the line of, like, showing sex work, but they won't call it that, and they have to condemn everything else that falls under that right. umbrella. It's like, only okay because she's not actually sexual. Right, yeah. right. And, yeah, yeah, it's just, oh. Also, she's given gift cards to retail stores because women be shopping. Yeah. Well, there's, I know, I'm just, like, they, that was, I, I was thinking. And then, like, male-coded stores, which they play as a joke. Oftentimes, like, yeah. why would a woman want to go to Home Depot? And it's like, Okay, well. Right. <laughs> bad joke. Just yeah, bad joke. Just not. Yeah. <sighs> there yeah, I was I was frustrated. I never really thought about how little she negotiates. Mm-hmm. Um because that's like I feel like that raises the stakes in a cooler way too if she like has this empire and there's more for her to lose as opposed to she's just taking whatever yeah. is offered and right. it's all a, you know, reputation game. Yeah, and, and I feel like the fact that she doesn't really get anything that she wants out of it just kind of doubles down on the idea that, you know, like she owes someone something, you mm-hmm. know, like it's just, it's... Uh. Yeah. You know, the moment I did like was when she pays, when she goes on the date with Anson before he like turns on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she just pays for it with one of the gift cards. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a cool moment where, like, in a lot of those movies at that time, like, you don't see women paying for dates. And sure. she does it without making it. She's just like, yeah, I have money now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just pay for this lobster dinner. No problem. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of a cool. badass moment. She's yeah. just like, keep the tip. We're, we're leaving. You know? yeah, like, right. Oh, because they go to the lobster They go place, to the right? lobster shack. <laughs> and, lo- and then Rhiannon's there. Yeah. So they have to, like, sneak out. Yeah. Oh, when you run into your ex bestie at lobster shack. <laughs> yeah, with her parents. Parents. Oh no! <laughs> uh, also, that parent drug is so corny. Of like, we're in California, so everyone's like oh, yeah. naked. They were eating oh. peyote burgers, right? We're like, like patchouli, oh, patchouli burgers. Patchouli burgers. We're like, what? <laughs> that was like a little. I don't know. But then I, I texted Michaela, who, who's from Ohio, mm-hmm. about that scene, and she's like, "Oh, that was the only part that I thought that got right about." <laughs> she was just like, uh. "Yeah," but. You know, we don't, we, uh, Ohio heads weigh in. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Did you yeah. feel like that was good Ohio visibility? <laughs> Let us know. But another, like, 
set of parents or adults in this movie who are like just like so freaking cool Cali parents right because man as as much as I love the Tooch and he is the best part of every movie he's in he's very fun but like though like her parents are I don't know it's everyone's just it's like I they're like so much of this you can tell that the writer of this movie has watched a lot of Gilmore Girls based on how this movie (laughs) is written which I love but I feel like they go the Gilmore Girls style of parenting too to the Mm -hmm. point where it seems like at some point so it's like your daughter is like having a tough time and you just keep like poking your head in your room being like hey uh don't worry bye and I'm like okay this is maybe some parenting a lot of their (laughs) right 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 that and then a lot of the conversations are like her parents making fun of her for having a gay boyfriend and she keeps being like no that's not the thing and right. they both do the, I think, like, the casual. They both are like, oh, I was gay for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. Like, that very 2010 yeah. thoughtless joke. I mean, the way queerness is presented in general was peculiar, let's say. <laughs> um, and it is helpful to know the context of the writer being a gay man. Yeah, who, queer writer who is like pulling from his personal experience and that's part of like what inspired this story that he wrote. But again, it's just kind of underexplored in the actual movie. And then the way they talk about it as well, like the language that gets used a lot of the times and it never gets challenged. It's, you know, all of us like, oh, you know that Brandon kid? And Rhiannon's like, oh yeah, isn't he a homo? And they like... They keep was a bad time. Yeah, they say like the word homosexual with this just like hint of disdain or dismissive, and then like other otherness. Like, oh well, he's a homosexual. He's a he's different, which I think is very 2010. Of they're like, well, I don't have a problem with it, but like gross, you know, like yeah, like yeah, the having it both ways-ness of of this like time. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the whole we already touched on this. But like the straight person encouraging a queer person to like suppress your sexuality. And then he's like, oh, hadn't thought of that. You're like, (laughs) really? (laughs) And I get like a lot of like queer young people do end up doing that to some degree, like in high school, Mm -hmm. because they're trying to, you know, it's a self-preservation thing. They're trying to avoid being bullied and stuff like that. But and he gives this what I thought was like a, a a fairly well done verge of tears monologue where he's mm-hmm. talking about being tormented every day at school. And, you know, we can fantasize about how things will be different one day, but this is today and today sucks. And like, please help yeah. me. I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, that wasn't that was like a that felt like a good authentic. Yeah. Nice yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear from our queer listeners uh, how they thought queerness in general was depicted in this movie because it just rang a little off it was weird. i mean me. and also the fact that brandon kind of disappears after like when she <sighs> yeah. goes back to talk to him oh and then there's that very bizarre like problematic huckleberry finn joke yeah. that keeps coming back yes. that you're just like has he read huckleberry finn? <laughs> like it was so brandon is gone he like he finds a boyfriend and then does he finish high school? He seems to have run away from home. I think he home. runs away from home. He seems okay. Yeah. So he drops out and 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 leaves. But it's like his character. We just see him in a flash forward scene with a tasteless joke, mm-hmm. and that's the last we see of him. And I him. think it kind of frames that whole thing as like 
a good thing. It's almost like, look, he ran away and is in love and everything's fine. And it's like, he left his home and he's a child and this is probably really bad. Right. And like, yeah. But there's no nuance to it. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's, the, a it's, joke. A, it's a joke. Yep. It's <sighs> just a joke. Yeah. Race in general is another thing that is not handled especially well in this movie. Um, yeah. It's a very white movie. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the cast is white. The school that they go to is predominantly white. I'm not sure how diverse of, of a town. are are like just seen in background shots at the high school. Yes. Is, People of color, yeah, they're treated as like tokens, props, or punchlines, basically. Olive has an adopted brother who is black, Mm -hmm. um, but that just feels like a very tokenized character. What's with all the jokes about him being adopted, too? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah. That felt a little bit off to me. I was like, how does it's played as like, oh, this is a jovial family moment. I'm like, but how does he feel about these jokes? Right. All we know about him is that he got a B plus on his spelling test. (laughs) That's (laughs) all we find out about the whole movie. And he doesn't want to watch the bucket list. Oh, yeah. Because why? They still get Netflix DVDs in that household. Uh, And I was like, wow, important representation. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I feel like her brother is literally just there for Stanley Tucci to be like, well, it's obvious he's adopted because he's not white like us. Like that is the function of that character. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the way that the Huckleberry Finn, the, the, so how is that line first presented? I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, Yeah. I've got it here. Cause Um, it was cringy the first time and then it came back and then it three times. Yeah. 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 So here's what happens Uh, early on in the movie. Olive is talking about how, Oh, the books we read in school always seem to reflect like the teenage angst that we're going through because she's talking about how the Scarlet letter relates to what's happening with her Mm -hmm. uh, in present time. Uh, And then she's like, but the exception is Huckleberry Finn. I don't know any teenage boys who have run away with a big hulking black guy. And then at the end of the movie, Brandon has run away from home with a black man. And then we see them together watching Huckleberry Finn on film. And they're watching it like, aw. Yeah, they're like, like, this is us, I guess. And it's like, okay, so this black guy is the punchline to this stupid joke that you set up and was stupid then and it's stupid when we see it again. Yeah. Called back to and it's just like really icky and weird. That was like a joke that you're just like, hmm, has this writer read Huckleberry Finn it just was confusing or ever talked to a black person (laughs) unclear uh but yeah I mean the way that the very few non-white characters are treated are literally it's only in regards to their race yeah here's another example there's an Indian kid who gives her the like 20% off bath and body coupon yeah and then oh yeah she calls him amigo And then the voiceover kicks in and says, I knew he wasn't Latino, but for some reason, all these shady backdoor deals had me talking like Carlito. And then she calls him Essay. So it's like, woof. Yikes. All brown people are the same to Emma Stone. Right. The movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That scene just sucks all over. Yeah, it's very not good. Very, Mm -hmm. very Very uncomfortable. Um, Yes. Race in general is, um, believe it or not, not handled well in a movie. (laughs) What? Unbelievable. (laughs) Infuriated. Yeah, the the background on uh, the other major credit that this writer has is 
he wrote the um do you remember like the horny charlie brown play dog sees god no no oh i think that a lot of people did it when i was in high school to be edgy but it's like charlie brown is fucked up and he's horny and he also wrote that that play. makes me uncomfortable oh, okay the, i i'm probably underselling it and and maybe it's like wonderful but i just remember seeing it at like a drama competition and being like oh my god why is charlie brown so horny <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> like, he's 10 but you know that's and and then the uh director is will gluck who also has directed peter rabbit and peter rabbit 2 well good for him and there you go <laughs> and that's the beginning middle and end of that incredible yeah did you uh, did did you have any other stuff you wanted to my last thing yeah it's that there's a point in the movie where olive notices that her name anagrams oh, to yes. oh, yeah. i love mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. presents an opportunity for me to mention how caitlin durante anagrams to such things as go for it latin dancer uti give me a new one classic uh nine tit dracula give Some me of a the, new one i don't have any new ones oh, but i just want to these are the classics okay <laughs> this is hard this is the john hughes ones <laughs> right uh, these are the 80s ones lauren d titanic mm-hmm. and then a newer one that i think maybe other people aren't familiar with yet is uh but jamie you know this one because we texted about it oh. <laughs> a tan clarinet iud that's a wow i like that one thank that's you that's really good Thanks. Oh, you have the I perfect number of vowels yeah <laughs> i feel like mine would be very weird well you Ooh, got two z's, z's. Yeah. lots of z's like that's what do you fun. do with that Ooh, let's find out <laughs> <laughs> just give me a few minutes yeah, so i right, can all work right. my magic there are <laughs> tools for this exact topic but yeah i think uh, that's it for me like the the big thing with me for this movie is like there need to be narratives that empower women's sexuality. There are almost yeah. none of them. And this mm. movie like starts to attempt to do that by calling attention to this double standard, but it doesn't take it far enough and mm-hmm. it still resorts to a lot of just slut-shaming attitudes yeah. and other missteps along the way. I it's weird. This is like kind of a a, a funny movie to tackle cuz I do think that it is well-intentioned but still kind of just indicates of the time and probably of the creative team a little bit that they hadn't you know fully worked out because I would be very surprised if you know they looked at this like oh yeah we we, you know we're not shaming anyone in this I think that that's what they thought is they they were uplifting teen girls I see what they're going for and you know it was 2010 Mm. oh actually my real last thought is this um I always appreciate when a teen movie does not end in like prom or some kind of like <laughs> oh, Caitlin hates yeah, prom. like an impassioned prom. graduation speech, <laughs> which right. they totally could have done too. They could have uh, done. Um, instead, it ends with the weird the vlog. Prior to that, it's that weird like big musical number at the pep rally, and then it's her it. like riding off into the sunset uh, with yeah. a, her new hetero boyfriend. Right. Like I feel like I would the rather. Whole- it end in graduation than as a John Hughes movie. Right. I, I feel like actually the way I saw it ending was that it ends with a vlog, which I actually mm-hmm. think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Like I think uh, my last thought is something I think the film did well, which is yeah. the reference to the Scarlet Letter, which to be fair, I haven't read. But my <laughs> understanding is that in the Scarlet Letter, you know, she's forced to wear the A because yeah. she's like a supposed adulterer. Mm-hmm. And so she has to wear this A and the A is kind of like this punishment. And then I think there's something in the way that 
Emma Stone decides to label herself with the A and everyone hates her for that. And I think there is a really powerful statement on like women owning their sexuality and having Mm -hmm. that not be okay Mm -hmm. that I think the movie does a good job of pointing out. And yeah, yeah, and in a way the vlog like kind of couching this story is like the ultimate way of Emma Stone trying to own her own narrative and take it back from all Mm -hmm. these people that have, you know, made it about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so in that way... If you see the ending of the film, I mean, it does have that little John Hughes, like, tacked on bit <laughs> mm-hmm. after the, vlo- the vlog. But I think the vlog frame was actually really, like, a cool thing to I show. I did appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I really liked that. And I, sure. I genuinely like where the movie lands on the topic of they're just, like, you know, that ending line where she's like, I might lose my virginity today, six months from now, on my wedding night. It's no one's goddamn business. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome message to end on. And I just wish that everything that happened before, before it was before a little it more consistent aligned with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally but I do that's like stuff like that where you're like this it was really they were trying right and yeah. it wasn't it was it was not and Rhiannon perfect. forgives her I think yes. she like apologizes or although I'm Rhiannon just like, has as much to apologize to she her does as, know. They're, but, but they're talking but on like, their like sidekicks <laughs> 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 yeah. a sidekick all caps uh, apology yeah. I am sorry maybe I'll X-O. move you back into my top eight now in my <laughs> Well, no, Issa, that's a great point, though, about, like, her, yeah. like, taking on, like, she, she's like, here is my version of the story, and I, I'm telecasting it out. She's basically making a podcast, if we think about it. Yeah. But she's uh-huh. like, I want the truth out there. I do really enjoy that, but the romantic storyline did feel a little wedged in, and I think that that's like that was like a studio notes. I it might have been. I didn't hate yeah. the way, I mean, again, it like, it wasn't the worst teen comedy romantic shoehorn subplot of all time but you know it didn't have to be there yeah. um, it would have been more powerful if the movie just ended with her being like yeah here's my story and I'm telling it and, totally. and everyone fuck you guys yeah. I'm going to yeah. college bye she did <laughs> have that line in there where she was like now that I was like seen as such like a slut in school like no one actually wanted to date me which yeah. is kind of her motivation for going out with Anson. Mm-hmm. Again, it didn't really come from anywhere, so it did feel kind of shoved in there. But I did think that was like an interesting point about yeah. like of just like how even perceived sexually active girls are yeah. punished. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. This yeah. like Madonna whore thing. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. trying. This it's movie try- is trying. It's trying. It really yeah. is. And I and I. <laughs> And and it is like I mean and we talk about this all the time but like movies that are well intentioned but flawed in this way pave pave, pave the, way. the way for for movies that are well intentioned and slightly less flawed right so, you know progress, progress yeah. is slow yeah. <laughs> and I think that scene my favorite scene I think is when she comes out after having sex with Brandon. And he just so clearly contrasts the two experiences of For sure. Brandon coming out the hero and her coming out and no one's talking to her. Some girls give her side yeah, eye everyone's like, and she kind of sneaks out of the party like like she did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that scene to me felt really, really progressive for that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good movie. Guys. It's pretty it's good. Pretty good. <laughs> but is it an A? <laughs> is it an easy A? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> well, speaking of, let's rate. But before we do that, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? It definitely does. It does. Yes. Yeah. Um, Multiple times. Mm-hmm. Between Olive and Rhiannon, although they often talk about George, the fake boy that she didn't right, have sex but with. Does it, is yeah. it, but George is more of an idea. That's true. So <laughs> is it? 
it does it count? It's um, not a man, it's an idea. <laughs> uh, Olive and Marianne talk, although they mostly talk about how God, um, uh, he, uh, pronouns, yeah. Yeah. is judging Olive. Uh, and then like Olive and her mom talk, but they yeah. often talk about Brandon. So a lot of the conversations are about boys and men, but right. there are definitely exchanges that pass. Yeah, yeah, between multiple characters. Yep. Yeah. So does it get an A or five nipples on our nipple scale? <laughs> Zero to five nipples based on its representation of women. Um, I give it like a two it's so and a half. Hard. It's like in the yeah. middle. It's like really, especially. I was going to go two and a half. It's. Yeah. It's try. It's 2010. You know, yeah. we've only barely started trying to progress as a society in this year, so it's doing its best, and its best is not very good by our and standards. I think you made a good point about all the other women in the movie. You know, it's like right. Emma Stone well, maybe pretty good. But yeah, everyone but else, everyone else like, pretty villainized. Right. Yeah, are are made to seem. And even in some ways, even in the ways that are high school realistic, they're just, it just doesn't, the writing doesn't go quite There's far enough. There's not enough depth given to it. It yeah. is all, even if it's like, realistic it's still not really realistic because there's no depth or backstory or motivation it's all just like they come off mean mm-hmm. all yeah very mean and very petty yeah superficial and just, and yeah. i think that the the male characters are kind of given a free pass they're or let they're off the hook quite a bit especially like yeah evan that guy like he manipulated her and uh-huh. like i mean that kind oh, of yeah. reminded me of emma stone's storyline in in super bad except in this one she oh. loses <laughs> where you know like the jonah hill character was like you never have a crush on me i'm a loser and then right. she's like but in super bad it's actually a little bit better because she's like no i don't like you because you are fucking rude and right. then he's like oh but then and, they still end up together ish or something but, I at, forget least, how that but at least he doesn't you know it was like he doesn't get what he wants in the same scene i don't know <laughs> literally was, two sentences after threatening her right right and then yeah. she's, like, she's like oh i guess i feel bad for you right right yeah so i think that the that boys trying to coerce olive are kind of made to be more jokey than mm-hmm. being examined for being extremely fucking entitled yeah um yeah so i'll yeah. give it a two and a half because i think the intention of the movie is to expose like women are punished for being sexually active but yeah. it just didn't really it just didn't. go all the way um, so two and a half nipples, and I will give one to Amanda Bynes. Not her character, but her as a person. Uh, and actually, her <laughs> her character in She's the Man uh, gets one of my nipples. Um, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and give Stanley Tucci uh, another one of my nipples, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I'll give my half nipple... I'll give it to that poor little brother who just like his name we don't even remember. Justice. Does he yeah. even have a name? What's his name? Oh, he should have, justice yeah. for little brother. Chip. I guess his name was Chip. Okay. Chip. Don't remember hearing Chip, but no. that was no. that was his name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to go two and a half as well. I think that this movie has its heart in the right place. I would wager that it's at least attempting to do more than most movies in 2010 were attempting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's always good to have a female-led comedy. It's not super common. For sure. And this movie falls heavier on the comedy side than the romance side, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool that i mean this movie almost definitely made way for more movies like it because it was super successful it was like eight million dollar budget 75 million dollar box office wow. 
So, you know, I, I, it, it has its place in time. There's a lot, there's, I would say about half of it doesn't really sit that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been almost 10 years since this movie came out. So yeah. for its time, I think it, it was a valiant effort and <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, we soldier on <laughs> to better, more fun movies for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to do blockers sometime soon. We got to do oh, blockers. Yeah, blockers is fun. Yeah. Lots to say about that movie. I've sure. watched Blockers, I think, on... I've only seen it on planes. Me but I've too. Seen it like three I've seen times. it, me too. Right? Yeah. I was like, oh, this will be fun. It's like, the perfect plane movie. It really is. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... Sometimes when I'm, I'm like, oh, this movie was made for planes? I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll get yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, I'll do, I'll do two and a half. Uh, and I'll give... I'm going to give two to Emma Stone. This movie, like, what, re-watching it reminded me, like why people love her so much like she's Mm -hmm. she's fun to watch she's very funny i think that like a lesser actress in this part would have been like you know cringy and it would have you know so sure give two to emma and then uh yeah i'll give the other half to ali machalka sure glad to see she's thriving (laughs) (laughs) 10 years ago i don't know she's doing fine uh gosh well i want to be different but i feel like two and a half is like pretty perfect for this because it is trying really hard I feel like it does a good job with like both like toxic masculinity and slut shaming female like all of that it, it does it's it's hinting at it mm-hmm. so I was pleased with that and I remember when I watched it when I was younger feeling uh, particularly with Emma Stone like I was a very big you know reputed slut in high school too and mm-hmm. so I really related to that mm-hmm. and related to the fact that like I don't know it just it made me feel good better about myself I think when it first came out um so yeah so two and a half I feel like is pretty good Mm -hmm. um I definitely want to give one to Patricia Clarkson um because I feel like even though she does end up kind of slut shamey at the end overall it was like nice to see a mother character who wasn't like forcing like puritanical standards on a daughter very true Mm -hmm. which I feel like is really often portrayed in movies especially back then and so it was kind of nice to have a mom who like Although she didn't fully get there, <laughs> um, she was trying to get there. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and you know, she's like, "Oh, you can have a boy in your room," and you know, he's gay, but mm-hmm. <laughs> at least you know, I don't know. Um, I feel like there was <laughs> there was something there. Yeah, and then you know, I want to give one to Emma Stone's lingerie because Ooh. I think that was a really. That was really, I really thought like the first moment when she like walked to school in a corset, I was like, oh, there's going to be a whole dress code thing about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I thought it was cool how she just kind of like owned wearing lingerie to high school. Sure. And mm-hmm. totally rocked that. Yeah. Um, so I think that deserves a nipple too. Hell yeah. I liked that they, during the like montage where she's like revamping her wardrobe, you see the bag. It's like, oh, hi, lingerie. <laughs> You're like, sure. It sounds like a business right, to yeah. me. <laughs> also, like, how did she afford all this nice lingerie? Yes. Like, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> everyone is a, is a wealthy person, I guess, in right. this movie. No teen comedy. Well, maybe that's true for Oh, hi. As you mentioned, maybe? I mean, I guess she's maybe on the like she's in rich Ohio. Oh, it would yeah. appear there's, I mean, so many teen. Com- yeah. I'm like, please, more teen comedies that don't take place in like upper class because most teen comedies don't work just the way that they're written unless it's taking place in an upper class setting. For because, sure. uh, mm-hmm. you know, shenanigans are expensive. I don't know, like. <laughs> really what but but it is like fr- I mean even I had the same criticism for Booksmart it's just yeah. like 
every like this movie doesn't work if people don't have infinite privilege to fall back on. Right. Yeah. So you know, yeah. well, yeah, someday. Someday. But that's someday easy, soon. eh, gang? That yes. is it. There it is. They did their best, yeah. and we respect it. <laughs> <laughs> Isa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Tell us. Yes, tell us about your book. Uh, Yeah, my book. uh, It's a memoir. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Mm -hmm. It's great. Thank you. um i'm i'm scared for it to come out but i'm also really excited i hope it like you know i talk a lot about being a slut in high school in it mm, so it's very nice. relevant to easy i talk a lot about the Perfect. rumors going around that some were true some weren't so true mm-hmm. um and then kind of just like always being labeled the slut and how that kind of like made me realize you know okay i kind of want to go into sex work mm-hmm. and seeing kind of what happens next so Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Please uh, buy, buy the book. Girl. Watch Cam on Netflix if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. It is great. And where can people follow you on the social medias? Oh, yes, I'm at Isa is wrong. Awesome. <laughs> Self-blaming. I'm just wrong to. about everything always, all the time. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> just stumbling along. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for thank you, guys. Thank you so much for coming. This in. was great. Uh, I'm glad we finally got to do the movie. We did. Yeah. Yay. Are you happy? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I don't know why we avoided it for so long. Uh, you can follow us online at Bechdelcast on almost all of the platforms: mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, Facebook. If you're still on that website, uh, <laughs> Instagram, the whole bit. You can mm-hmm. uh, pledge to our Patreon, aka Matreon. It's five dollars a month. It gets you two bonus episodes every month. Oh yeah, and that's at Patreon.com/slash Bechdelcast. Uh, and then if you want some merch, uh, you can go to tpublic.com/slash the Bechdelcast. And I think that that's all our pluggies. Yeah. How do we cl- Oh, God. It was hard to open, and now how do we close <laughs> EZA? We should have practiced this. I know. We really should have done oh. some. done, like, a little coordinated number. <laughs> what song? Like a dance song. number. We should have closed with oh, a song. Crap. What is the song that she even is- sings at the end? I don't, I don't even know. I didn't know. Know. They must have written oh, how about it this? for this. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic scene. I got to love that. I know that it's a classic scene. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.